And welcome to the Mercury Vibe episode 15. In case you're wondering, Jay has not had a sex change. No, the tables have turned. He is the one being interviewed today. Hello, Jay. Say hello to everyone. Uh, hello. 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 <laughs> I say I'm so nervous. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, there shoes on the other foot? Yeah. Hello, listeners. Hello. Hello. So, yes, we thought today would be a great opportunity for the man, the myth, the legend to kind of give a little bit of a little bit of insight. You be in the hot seat this time, and uh, yeah, so I am interviewing. I'm usually the one who's behind the desk with the earphones on, checking everything sounds lovely for you listeners, but today I'm asking the questions. How do you feel about that? I, I now know why everyone's so nervous, because I'm looking, and you're go, you've got no script in front of mm. you, which we always do, so I don't have a clue what you're going to ask me, so if anyone's thinking these are preloaded, do not have a clue what's going to be asked. I don't uh, even know what I'm going to ask, to be honest. Oh, it's okay. just, well, you know, go with the flow. Go with it's the just... flow. Uh, and yeah, it's just completely different. And like uh, you said, you met, uh, messaged me going, Jay, let's hear about you uh, yeah. to the members. So yeah, a bit nervous, but we'll see where it goes. Well, I was thinking, so I, you know, a lot of your members, you kind of are the face of it, right? So a lot of people find you through social media and it's your face on the ads. It's your mm. face on the, the live streams. So you are kind of the mascot, I suppose, of Mercury Fitness. I mean, you're the owner of it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm sure everyone listening knows who you are and knows at least the basics about you. But like I myself don't know exactly your whole story and your whole past. So I thought it'd be interesting just to, you know, just to flip the cards and see where where what what journey you went on and you know what makes you tick and how you got to building this massive fitness empire in northern ireland <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah where you want to go you ask and then uh... well how how so obviously i think most people know you have a you had a career in the military yeah so how did that come about I've, i'm not sure how i don't know the story uh my dad was in the army right so i moved around um everywhere as a child uh, so when i was obviously born he was in the army and um we moved from place to place is this in england no we uh we, we were, i was born in salisbury and then i moved to germany six weeks old wow and then cyprus then i lived in northern ireland when i was mm-hmm. four years old in lisbon uh, then we went to tidworth which is near salisbury then we moved to germany again wow. and we did my dad did two postings in germany then he last posting was in Colchester and then he got out of the army and moved to a place uh, called Watton which is near Norwich right in Norfolk that's how Norfolk. they speak that they speak that's the east east, east Anglia yes yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah so we moved you, there I, I, was that all below the age of like 11 was, wow that's a lot of uh, moving around yeah so I moved so when we settled down and then this was where for once in my life I was going to be you're going to be here yeah. and you're not moving. Yeah. Which was the most alien concept yeah, to me. Was I'm like, sure. what? Um, and it go, we'll go a little bit how it, it's kind of made me in a way. And then obviously it had its effect as well. But um, yeah, so we settled down in, in, in Norfolk uh, when I was 11. And I, so I, I started a secondary school in Colchester and then I then moved in the first year to the new school in like the Feb. So I only had like four or five months. Did you of get second suspended? No, yeah, I wish. <laughs> uh, and then I moved into that school. And so 
it was an alien concept to them moving to a school where you didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. But it, for secondary and knowing that this is going to be the final one, yeah. that was quite quite weird. And I did come in. But what was different, which really was hard, was I was going into a school where every kid had gone in the same primary school. So they all knew each other? They all knew. Whereas yeah. when I moved around in the army schools, every kid had, right. you know, they so hadn't. I- yeah, sorry. I, no, I was just going to ask. I, I wasn't sure when you said you moved around school to school. It was with kids who were like you. So all those kids were kind of in the same boat. Yeah, so they're right. all, because it was all army schools. Yeah, go right. To, uh, and then all the schools, they would move two years. So you never built up a friendship, mm. like long-term friendship. So I was coming in for an alien world where everyone was so used to moving. Mm. Then I was going into a school where... They had all been in P one, P two, P three, P four, P five, P six, P seven. Then moved into that. Yeah. yeah, there would have been other little primary schools, but they come together. But they'd literally been known these children uh, as they'd grown up their whole lives. And I was coming in, and I didn't have that. And mm. it was so. Yeah. Was that hard? Horrendous. Yeah. Horrendous because I was an only kid as well. Right. So I didn't have a sister, brother to ever uh, sort of move around with. Yeah. And it's the most solitary yeah. life ever. That literally. yeah. Yeah. It, I wouldn't say it's super tough because the kids have things far worse. Yeah. But, yeah. No, that, that's bound to have an impact. I moved when I was, um, I think, six years old from Macrofelt to Belfast. And so it was halfway through P2. And I, like, ended up having, like, severe anxiety issues as, right, like, okay. a six-year-old child because of the stress of moving once. Yeah. Like, I only moved school once and it was halfway through the year and it was, like, you know it wasn't a overly traumatic experience mm. but yeah i had a, a hard time with it so i can only imagine what it was like doing it over and over and over yeah, again seven, and then i had seven schools yeah growing up that's um, yeah that's intense yeah so then always at that point i'd always loved the army the, mm-hmm. the the environment i grew up with it yeah you know on the camps and then literally i went and joined the army cadets uh when i was 13 i was playing rugby i got introduced to rugby it wasn't so i was, went to that school mm-hmm. um by a lad, I can't remember his name, Jason Bibby. Um, he was one of his kids that everyone used to beat up. But he never, no, but he was an arsehole. Oh. Right? But he was, right. yeah, he was one of his kids, but oh. he never knew any better. <laughs> but anyway, he, uh, he 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 actually got me into rugby. And then, I, so I was playing rugby for this club, uh, Thetford, and then I was being, doing the army cadets. And, and then as I went through, I just constantly, just always had that dream in my head that I was going to join the army. Yeah. I was going to join the army. So you were focused on that from pretty early on? Yeah, which then what I would say affected my education. Right. Because I just, well, my head was, I'm joining the army. Because you don't necessarily need to have, like, the top scores in the. No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, wouldn't require to have uh, A's, and, uh, A's and B's too. But for a few career, you had to have. GCSE seeming yeah right um, but again I didn't apply right anything I didn't have that mentality I mm-hmm. haven't got that mentality mm-hmm. uh, I never was a good um, and it's quite funny because my wife is complete opposite academic she's, uh, she's <laughs> academic as anything whereas I am um, really struggling and as everyone knows because we all take the mickey out of my my uh, English and, it is, <laughs> and it's something that I do know and, it, I, and I talk to Anna Marie Pawson because she's an English teacher mm-hmm. and she knows me a bit better than probably most and actually how that does affect me. I know it, but what uh, frustrates me with myself, as mm-hmm. opposed to not caring about it, is I can articulate in the verbally mm-hmm. really well. Yeah, but I cannot seem to apply it. Um, well, I think you're a very engaging speaker because when I listen to your podcasts, you do get to the core of what you're saying pretty quickly. You know, mm. and are very good at kind of articulating that. 
but like when it comes, but what well, you? It's weird. It's weird. Maybe just, maybe you have like undiagnosed dyslexia, dyslexia potentially because yeah. apparently way more people have it than than are currently diagnosed. Like it's really common. Like I think I've got it for. I think I've got the numbers version of it because right. I cannot. If you ask me to do simple maths, I I am just shockingly Which, bad at it. I'm the opposite. I'm maths. I'm really. I'd, right. I'd be quite strong at. But yeah, I would write stuff in my head and then look back at it and I'll look at it three times and not be able to post it. And then see a word, and I'll go. How do, how do I miss? Because yeah. I've got better at trying to look, but my yeah. Anyway, my English is shocking, um, as we all know. Um, but yeah, um, and it, so in my head, all I wanted to do was join the army. Yeah, I was in the army cadets. I was really successful in there. I got went. I got promoted. Got to start major in the cadets. Was uh, one of the top people in in the Norfolk ACF, the county. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an amazing time in the cadets. Mm-hmm. Really did as a kid. But all I wanted to do was join the army. Right. I then went to college because my dad, my dad didn't want me to join the army. Really? Didn't want me to join the army. Why? Because no. he was like, he, he was in the army in the 70s, 80s, and then finished the early 90s. Quite a harsh, the army is a harsh environment. And yeah. he just looked at it. I and think, was he, he was here during what, the 70s? The 70s, yeah. He, did, he, met right. my, he met his first wife. So I've got two half sisters. Okay. Uh, they're both from Northern Ireland. Wow. Um, one's in Australia now. and One lives in Randallstown. Debbie and Nicola. Um, so Shout he, out. Is it, is it, uh, <laughs> and uh, don't speak to them now. Oh, like, <laughs> never mind, ignore that. <laughs> we'll, we'll cut that. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, um, he married previously, then divorced, and then met my mum mm-hmm. here while he was here. Classic. Um, yeah, the classics. From the shank on the ma. And then, so he, yeah. Um, married her and then where we go you were talking about how he didn't want you to be in the army that's it good yeah Yeah. so i think he just looked and went um no i don't want i don't want to him he said he wanted me to have a career wanted me to to be something else as opposed to a soldier because he looked when he was going to the army the pay was better than when he started um because when he started the army the pay was shocking it wasn't until yeah probably don't know that it wasn't until Maggie Thatcher come in, God bless her soul, that would be controversial. <laughs> controversial. Uh, um, she come in and the Tories actually doubled the wages of the army. Right, yeah. And then so his wages went in- increased. And then, but then when I joined, the wages were shite. But actually, as you went, it got was a good wage. The, army's, the armed forces is a good wage. Yeah. It's actually yeah, a really yeah, good, yeah. good wage. Um, so I think he just looked and went, I don't want my son to be in the army. Because uh-huh. I just does it, he just wanted me to have a career or do something like that. But, but you, were, you focused, were fixated on it? 100%. I went to college. Um, I didn't do amazingly in my GCSEs. Um, I went. I went to go and do A levels, believe mm-hmm. it or not, because my predicted grades said I could do that. Mm-hmm. And then I got my grades, and I f- couldn't. Right. So I went and then did um, start another course, redid some GCSEs, got some grades, and then I next year at college, I went to start at a BTEC national, uh, a BTEC national diploma in sports science. Right. Okay. So it was something yeah I was interested in considering what I do now. The roots were there. Yeah, for fitness. Um, but I was playing more rugby at college than I was uh, doing anything. Mm-hmm. I got trials for Great Britain colleges rugby team. Um, but again, uh, I was just fixated on tra- playing sport and now getting to seventeen, coming eighteen. Mm-hmm. Caring about girls more, mm-hmm. um, so my more important um, things on your mind than yeah, dumb and school and, and studying. Education. Lame. Um, so then, yeah, and then I left college. I didn't. I stopped turning up. My dad found out, and I just said to him, "I don't want to be at college." So I got a job. Um, ended up getting a job in my where my dad and mum dad worked yeah. in a factory. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, was a fa- I had loads of jobs. Yeah. I, had, <laughs> I worked in a chicken feet factory. 
So God. where the feet of chicken me boxed her <gasps> up. Oh, uh, that's disgusting. I worked as a removal, <laughs> a lad removalist. I worked in a, ch- a sandwich factory, so we made the sandwich on a Sunday. I worked in an old people's home. Uh, worked wow. in a pig factory that was the bellies of the pigs and you'd cut the skin oh off the rind. Oh my god. But then, the vegetarian's the worst nightmare listening yeah, to this. Um, and I was looking at it going meat. Nah. Uh, um, and then, so I worked in this, I worked in a factory called Nicole Beauty Products and I was a line boy and I that was just till I joined the army. So mm-hmm. my dad had kind of got, I actually applied to join before I was 18 and mm-hmm. he didn't sign it. So right. he didn't let me join as a, as a non-adult. So he kind of had to wait till yeah. I was an yeah. adult, uh, but even then he knew. When I, I said, "Look, I still want to join. I can join without you. You, you say so." Now, can I ask what? Why were you so fixated on joining? What was it about it? Was it the traveling, or was it the like the kind of routine of it, or like the money? What was it that really like motivated you to join the army? Um, or was it just was it just I want to be in the army and that's it? And there was no real like. Yeah, the the whole thing of being a soldier, the the. the Obviously, you watch movies and yeah. you think that's what a soldier Well, that was what I was thinking. Yeah. Was there a bit of, like, um, an idealisation? A little bit. I mean, do because I never really idolised my dad, but it's my dad, so I've always mm-hmm. gone, yeah. Um, but when I look, I don't know, something about being the army, being a soldier, being that 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 status. Yeah. And that, and I enjoyed training. Yeah. I, I was in the army cadets and I enjoyed that lifestyle. I enjoyed weapon. Uh, I like playing with weapons, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, yeah. so to me, it was like. But I, even though when I joined the army, there was that. I still always kept it that I wanted to get something out of it. So, hence why I joined the Royal Signals. Which, um, what is that? Sorry, the Royal Signals is uh, the communications arms of the armed forces. So the army. So they will set up all the radios, and and right. it was considered a trade. So okay. when you come out, you had a, a skill, a skill to, yeah. to come out. So. My dad was a bit happy about that because I joined the Seagull. It wasn't becoming just being in the infantry where your joint main job is just to go to assault position, kill people, and then try and transition that into civilian. Yeah, right, uh, we're looking for this job. Can you tell us what you can do? Well, I can I, kill someone. I've killed seven yeah, people. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't happen. That's a misconception. But um, No, I'm, yeah, of course. Um, but then, you know, so I just wanted to join the army. I yeah. just wanted, and I didn't know loads I, I mean I got experience with the army cadets with the sport and but it wasn't until you joined actually see what you really get to experience mm. actually and I joined um I had the job I couldn't join I was rejected from the army first time though probably the, people don't know that okay I was in a bus crash and oh. uh, going to college oh, flip. and I had a when I was leaning over to get my, something in the bag the bus <gasps> collided with another bus oh my god and I he broke and I just shunted and hit my oh. back I was okay, a bit of lower back pain. Yeah. But because, but when I went to selection, because you you have to go down to a selection centre, you do fitness tests. Yeah. I went there, still fit as a fiddle. Yeah. Been playing rugby, I was really fit, I, athletics, and I didn't even get to do my fitness test because the doctor, you do the doctor first, and he just went, oh, "I've had back pain." I was like, oh, "Yeah." Flip. He said, "Right, when did you have this?" I said, "This day." He went, "Yeah, you've too, not had a year." Too recent, too. yeah. And I was like, "No, but I can do it. Let me go and do the test. Let me do this." And he was like, "No," so I had to leave, and I didn't let that stop me mm. so then i just had to bide my time work mm. at the factory with mum and dad by the way never work with family <laughs> just... i mean i currently work with my sister and my dad and my mum comes in fairly often as well so <laughs> but it's not a factory line no so, no that um, yeah that's but, a different but yes no, beast. never work with family and then so i then ended up uh second time went down went to my selection come first in the runs both runs bleep test run Ugh. uh just basically made sure test. i smashed everything um 
I actually got grilled more in my interview because my dad was ex-army. Right. And they were like, well, your dad's... But there was questions that I was looking going, I wouldn't know that. It's, I've never served. Uh, but because my dad... Um, yeah. But, you know, I got through, got my... Got, um, so what age is this? 19? I was 18. No, 18. we were there. 2000, I joined the army in nine, uh, June 26, 2000. So I would have been 81. Yeah, No, I just turned 19, hadn't 19. I? 19. Just turned 19. But yeah. I applied for the army like a year and a half yeah. before that. Right. Um, and you could actually get in, apply and get in within like three months in normal, normal times. Um, so then, yeah, I joined the army. Um, so how long were you in the army for? Uh, I left in... April 2013, 2013. so just short 13 years. Wow, um, that's a long time. Oh, no, it's not. It's, uh, and were you working in the is it communications area the whole time? Yes, yeah, so you yeah. Um, you go, you get posted within the, like signals regiments. And signals. Stuff like but I had a, I did jobs with attachment, and uh, I spent half my career here in Northern Ireland. Funny enough, Lisbon. Um, the second, the second time when I was here, when I got out, uh, the unit was, it was amazing. It was, you know what, it was the best posting I ever had, and then I left, which is funny because you think if you enjoyed it that much, you would stay mm-hmm. in the army, but it's because obviously I met my uh, wife now, Cecily, um, but I had the most amazing time. It was mm-hmm. so good. Was and so you got good. to travel as well, did you? Uh, yeah. A little bit? Where, sorry? I, just, I was just saying, in general, did you get to travel? Yeah, got bit. to go to nice places like Iraq and Afghan, um, Northern Ireland. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you get you can travel. Was Was there anything like you know? Nice, you mean? Well, nice I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you can go. There's loads of great. There's loads of great things. Like I went snowboarding. My in my, my granddad did um, was in the army, and he I don't know if he was in where was he? I don't know if he was in Iran potentially. This is like back in the fifties. This is back in the fifties. Uh, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan maybe. Yeah, yeah, I should know this, but he loved it. Like he loved the people out there. He had the best time. Yeah. He really like bond. I think like quite bonded with the, with the locals. I don't know if it was obviously. I don't. I really don't know enough about this to. Yeah. But I, I'm always curious to hear about like the kind of cultural stuff from out there. But you preferred work working in Lisbon then? No, I don't know. Lisbon can be just as dangerous. Just as scary. Just as scary as, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, but that's no, true. When I, when I was growing up, there was postings like, you could go to Hong Kong for two years. That would be amazing. There was a lad, Chris, Christopher Brooks, who I did become friends with and our family kind of stayed in uh, touch with. He, his dad got posted to Hong Kong for two years. Amazing. You know, there was postings like, my dad went away to Belize for six months. Wow. Um, yeah, that's cool. I was meant to go to Sierra Leone for six months. Wow. Um, in 2004, I was raging. Absolutely, because I'd pushed and I got got this. I saw the Sierra yeah. Leone. Uh, st- I hadn't I hadn't been away on a proper tour in mm-hmm. the army. I'd done Northern Ireland, which wasn't a tour in two thousand two, yeah. um, and because there was loads of extra pay, because it was because you would end up loaned out to the UN, and you end up getting loads more extra money for this. Right. So I was like, this is brilliant. I went somewhere like West Africa, and yeah. I'd never been. I'd wanted yeah. to go, and then I was down to it, and then a career course come up that I had to do. Oh. It, like you, you called your class one. You do like progression in the army of okay. your career, of your of your trade. Yeah. And my class one come through, and I was like, No, Bad can timing. I do this another time? That's and then, so annoying. And the guy, the bloke who went with me instead, went in my place instead, come back with like twenty grand saved up. Oh. And, and uh, he brought back this is I know dodgy, but diamonds from Sierra Leone. And they, they <laughs> every everyone who went got diamond. They this is no lie. Okay? You're joking. You no. Know, uh, Did you they, get one? No, because I didn't go. He gets, brings them back, and then you have a person they sell them to. I know Dan's dodgy. It's probably dodgy. Yeah. Um, but it was just, honestly, the experience I would have loved to go to West Africa. But yeah, so there's loads of places you can go. There was, there was like, um, when I was in 
uh, Nuneaton were posting. The exercise were like places like Mali, Jamaica, you know. Um, Amazing. So, and I see a lot of lads at the minute, they were in America for like six months on exercise. That really appeals to me, the idea of travel, like having a job where you can travel like, yeah. and just live in different countries for you know six months to a year two you've years you've got to take the rough with the smooth yeah of course uh, obviously like it's Kenya. punishing Kenya's, Kenya's, Kenya and Canada is one that we have permanent training bases right so they could go to there so so yeah, I have yeah. a question so just to go back to fitness during all this time were you regularly like even though you're not like what was it infantry you're not like mm. out in the field I don't know I don't know the terminology right. but um, do you still have to have a required level of fitness even for this, the signals, signals? So I went and did my PTI course, which is physical training instructors course. Mm-hmm. So this was 2003. Mm-hmm. So you go to a place called Old Shot and this is where the, I I truly believe this is the civilian life fitness qualification should be like this. So you will go there. You have to do a selection before you go there. So someone has to sign off to say you're going there. Mm-hmm. You would then get to there and do a fitness selection course. Mm-hmm. So you would tip up there and you have to run a mile and a half in under 9.30. You'll have to run, 50, you have to do 50 press-ups, 50 sit-ups in a set time while someone watches you. Uh, you have to do eight miles carrying 55 pounds on your back. You have to do a swim test. You do all these during the first week to then allow you to go on the course to right. then learn how to be the physical training instructor. Wow. You then so they do don't that. just let any old person no, do No, there was people, there was an Olympic a bobslayer, Jackie uh, Gunn. She's now Jackie, Jackie Davis. She she lives in Lisbon, actually. Right. Um, so she was a GB athlete. And right? she not called She was in the army uh, and because a lot of the bobslay uh, were all uh, forces because it's obviously quite an expensive sport and the army and armed forces will support and pay you for it. Um she was a good she was actually passed the run which is good because nine and a half minutes is quite tough for a woman to pass um because it's, it's the same it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman you come to that pci course you have to do the same standard how long was it did you say a mile, nine, and, a half? mile and a half so 2.4k that's um, essentially a sprint at that point um, really yeah it's quick it's a quick pace it's yeah a quick pace um and she passed that and then she failed the cft because the weight the 55 pound and she's a stronger the girl can squat mm-hmm. let me tell you because uh, she's for pure power mm-hmm. pure pace um, so there's people going on it and failing it and then you do the selection and then what you do is you go back to unit and I, I was Lisbon at the time and then I would take the fitness for uh, our unit mm. that is the same for every co- uh, regiment cat badge if it's right. artillery engineers infantry everyone who does the PT is by the PTI. so that's where it started then yeah. that's the seed was sown you were like here are, here are my troops and I'm going to keep you all fit yeah, and that was yeah, kind yeah. of I mean I've taken fitness classes in Iraq Afghanistan yeah. so even when we're out there taking fitness yeah. classes uh, done fitness tests so even because every year in, you know, you have to do uh, two mile and a half uh, PFTs or it depends they change, they change the name mm-hmm. in my whole in my whole time it changed from BPFA PFT they changed the name same, same thing different different name just a, a bunch uh, of random letters rough, yeah well more to do with now political correctness it's a test it's an assessment no it's back to a test um, <laughs> but um, so you would do you would go and do that and then you would do your eight mile once a year CFT combat fitness test um, every every arm no matter what they are in the army it's the same protocol you have pt three times a week in the squadron so i would run that mm. so even and then when i went to the neat and i was actually solely worked in a gym what you'd normally do is do your job and then you would run the pt at that time separate as well mm-hmm. so you would do your normal career job and then you took the pt as well mm-hmm. okay so um we would do that every week so training i was so lucky and i say this is awful when i was in my early 20s i didn't have to train much mm. i just naturally was a good runner right I 
did not have to train much but because i was taking the troops i would do so if we if, if you're going for the right we're going for a squad in march a run mm-hmm. well who's going to run with me mm-hmm. so I was, so you, you were kind to, of you, know, you run with them so it's not yeah. a case of right you run around a track we'd always run routes and we'd go yeah. places and and stuff like that so so that, it was taken over anyway for you yeah well though. yeah i played rugby so when i joined the army i ended up getting in the army under 20 rugby team and my first posting when I left training was to the Royal Signals, basically rugby. Uh, what they do is they have regiments where they were like, right, we want that regiment. That's going to be the base of our top rugby players. Mm. So even though you're meant to have a job, you actually get to play rugby <laughs> and train not Sounds full great. time. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> if you're a sportsman and the army when I joined was one of the best things ever. Yeah. Because that's why you find a lot of uh, sport in the army is quite of a high standard. Yeah. Because they'll give you time to mm. train so we would train three times a week well i've been watching the olympics as it's obviously been on at yeah. the minute and a lot of them not a lot of them but a few of them i've noticed they've said oh ex army and now turned olympian so there's yeah. obviously that boxers, girls yeah that was the one i saw yeah um a lot of rowers yeah you know, it could be um and then you've got people like josh lucy he was you probably know him he was a rugby player turned professional and played for the lions um so they'll yeah they support you that way there's a few sports that are mm. elitist you've got about a bit of money but if you've got a job like the army and you're good at it they'll mm they'll help you to, to yeah they, they will yeah so yeah f- fitness training has always been a part um building up from there and that actually helped me with my confidence yeah from going in the army to when i left presenting it is it's some, it is it is my mum's a fitness instructor and i, I, I will you know occasionally go along to her classes mm-hmm. and i'm like i i am impressed with her confidence to do it because she's very sassy like she's Mm. really like she's kind of like you she'll be like come on you know really egging on people and like you know she comes out with these like funny one-liners as well and (laughs) it is a massive confidence thing isn't it to do that massively you have to be you have to be confident i mean to stand in front of someone that you maybe don't know and then also you're going right i'm telling you this and this is correct yeah and you're opening yourself up to people and, go, and their no. their literal their well-being is in your hands as well yeah so so when you think i'm trying to kill you all i'm not really <laughs> he's qualified yeah it's and it really helped my confidence because believe it or not people i was a shy really uh, yeah <laughs> at school i was if you, you obviously you have in school you have who's the cool kids Who's the in ones who smoke the fags in the corner? Who's who? All the nice, other the the hot girls, or whatever, were hang around. Who's considered the cool lads? I was a member of the hot girls. Oh, just let you know, of course. <laughs> uh, and then you'd have like the middles, and then the dream. And I was like the bottom of the food chain. Oh really? Yeah. So I wasn't. I wasn't in the football team because the like our year football team. They were the all literally all meant to be all the cool, the coolest kids, the ones who were going to go far. I used to play footy with the geeks. Wow. Uh, and it took a long time to get in there because I didn't have, believe it or not, I did not have any groups. And this actually really did affect me quite mm. quite badly in, mm. in uh, as my youth. Um, well, that combined with not knowing anyone as well. Well, yeah, because coming in, I'm an alien. Yeah. And I wasn't the only one because there was lads who did, I remember seeing lads who did come in and they integrated quite well. Mm. I struggled, mm. really struggled and found, you know, um, to really a- a- adapt to the, the this peer group. Then I ended up becoming... Uh, growing and become best mates with a lad called Danny, um, and then as we got adults and oh, we got there, we went to quite. It wasn't until actually we went to college that actually I then started to branch out and mm-hmm. then actually find a little bit more confidence. But my school years horrendous. Mm. I hate. I, to be honest, I hated school. Mm. I hated. I look back at it and mm. I, I had no enjoyment, no, no love, no. I didn't achieve anything really 
uh, well. I didn't, and I was going back to me not uh, not being academically, but I just didn't have a good time. I think it did shape me, but the fact of moving constantly, I hated when I look back at it. I, I like it as an adult. Mm-hmm. I loved it as an adult, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. but as a child, only child, and then yeah. go into that environment, I really don't look back at that. Well, and those those very you know early formative years having that like real instability of moving around mm. from place to place like it's bound to knock your confidence yeah. so it um, wasn't until i joined the army that i really gained it back yeah because um, it's you're you're in control now in a way no the army is a vicious uh so when i joined early i mean it'd be worse in the 70s 80s mm. but uh compared to what is now obviously when i joined completely different again <laughs> and i sound like it's all but it was quite i remember going my first unit and big and they thought I was I was nineteen, turned twenty, so I was a twenty year old, and most of the lads who turn up were eighteen. Yeah. That made me sound two years, but that's actually quite a big difference yeah. at, that, at that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mouth. They look. They look like they're about forty eight, and you're like. Well, no, it was the fact that they looked at me and they're going thinking I was an eighteen year old, and then actually some found out I was actually around twenty. Uh. I'm not. I'm not seventeen. Yeah. I must have just because my youthful boy looks. Yeah. Um, that's it. But. Uh, it was quite a hard environment, mm. like some hard blokes, and then mm. you were like, you were scared sometimes because you're like, oh fucking up because you'd only just got there. Mm. Um, you want to impress. It's a, you're looking to get promoted. It's it's a you're in the, you're a big ball. When you're in training, you're protected. Mm. When you get to the working unit, you're now a, a proper soldier. Yeah. You, that's only yeah. when you're a proper soldier, and my mouth can get me in trouble sometimes. Um, and or people don't know how to take me because I'm I'm very much the way I was yeah. and and uh, it didn't even my first three year two years when I left the uh, training was a very hard uh, hard environment and it wasn't until I started getting a little bit older wiser mm-hmm. I learned in the environment mm-hmm. that I then started to actually flourish in the army mm-hmm. and then when I become a PTI actually funny enough when I got my uh, qualification as a fitness instructor that I started to grow mm-hmm. in the army and then I got promoted. We went to neat and that, and then I got another posting, uh, and then I got promoted again. And I then I went to Iraq, and then that really changed me. Mm-hmm. Going to Iraq, going to Afghanistan, really massively changed me. How massively. so? Um, it was a real environment of of so many cultures. So uh, one, getting to see. Uh, 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 do you know what? It's what I joined the army for. When nine eleven kick happened, I turned up to the next day to my first working unit. The day mm. after nine eleven. Oh my god! The world was like. I bet it was crazy. Was tipping up to first unit where you, ha- you have a thing on the front gate. You'll have a guard, and it'd be like one bloke with a rifle, uh, and then another. Because of this, there was like blokes. Wait, sorry, were you in Afghanistan? No, so uh, I have been Afghan, but yeah. when this kicked off, nine uh, eleven, no one was in Afghan at the time, right? Um, because obviously no one knew that September eleventh hadn't happened. Yeah. Um, but when they kicked off in that head all the obviously the UK America all the alert status whistles went off so all the camps were like having 20 old blokes sitting in a room with their rifles webbing which is just sitting there in this is in Bath in my first post as in Bath. thinking they would be well this is the funny thing as if, as if they were going to attack they were going to attack the Twin Towers and then the next Bath the next, the next place would be Bath <laughs> obviously yeah, Cologne Asimahur Barracks Cologne just outside Bath <laughs> is our next target after the Twin Towers but because it's a military and they'll put the alert status, everyone has to be like that. But so, that was a crazy, crazy couple of oh, well, months, I remember, yeah, I remember watching it. it we, so we so we tipping up. Then then we were getting told we were going, right, get prepared, we're going to Afghanistan after about a couple of weeks after, you know, they say that's when they did start. So we were preparing. I just got out of training, ready to go to Afghan. 
I thought this was the best thing ever. Were you not scared? Uh, uh, no. No. I was eight. I was twenty years old. I was like, you were like could we could we go and play someone like Afghanistan, which you'd only seen in Rambo movies. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. And then I was going right. This is gonna be great. It's gonna be it's gonna be mega. And then it just found out that it was shit because it didn't happen. And we were just doing exercise, doing all the training, and then it didn't happen. Um, so you never went out after? No, not then. So no, when when we didn't go when uh, two thousand and one. So no one got. We were told we were going to get telephone calls on Christmas uh, period to be ready. You could be ready to go. But my mate did go Christmas New Year's Eve. He rung me and gee, guess what I'm off to? It's Geordie Bolo. <laughs> uh, he goes, I'm off to Afghanistan. It was his birthday, and he was going with. Uh, he was with our uh, an airborne unit. So he went off. So then I went to Northern Ireland the following year. Come over here because uh, I met who's going to be my future Mrs Gillard who turned out to be an absolute melter and um, we were divorced and was mental Gemma um, shout so, out yeah, <laughs> uh, we divorced thank god uh, I'm sure and she's then, not um, listening um, <laughs> subject. and then then I didn't go to Iraq till 2008 so it took me eight wow, years okay. before uh, I, I went to Iraq and then yeah a different a world where consequences are life if that makes sense, there was um, I was one, two, three blokes got their heads cut off, not through a knife or anything like that, but uh, I was right beside the shop, and then used to have his alarms go off, and then literally it, there's rockets coming in, so this alarm will tell us that they've detected them, they're on route, and you have to lie down and hope that it just doesn't hit where you are. It's a big camp, so there's a good chance you're not going to hit. Well, these ones landed right near where we were. And they used to have these protected areas, okay? So if the viewers try to listen, uh, imagine a concrete tiny house mm -hmm. with an opening at the end, okay? Mm -hmm. And then what you're meant to do is have breeze blocked off those ends, but have a gap so you can, like, squeeze through it and then into the into the area. But if someone hit it, it would be protected. It's yeah. hard for, to explain. No, no, I think I know what you mean. But they didn't have the ends bricked up yet. And so it was just basically a channel. A concrete mm. channel there so mm -hmm. if, it, if rockets so hit either, either side you're protected but if they hit and basically yeah. what happened was the rockets landed and hit a big iso container so you know the containers come off yeah. ships yeah and all that did was turn all that iso into shrapnel oh my god and they rat two were running and one was sat there and it just it just funneled it and decapitated him jesus and they died and that and you're like fuck did you like uh, did that change your outlook in life well, did that like, well no because that <laughs> if, it, if you ever watch any Ross Kemp on Afghan that is like oh I'm going to change when I get back and then a month later you're back to normal yeah you're well, back to yeah. You know, most people yeah, yeah those, life, those life changing experiences you be soon go back to your norm it's a bit like fitness people who come on our six week program who don't stay on I've learned everything I'm going to go away and take us on and you go no you won't <laughs> they potentially just go away and some of them do yeah. and hopefully do but some just go away and because they're not part of anything they just basically go back to their own yeah. Okay, like a quick fix yeah it is yeah but they think yeah I've changed the world and actually they're back to their normal habits within, that's what I think um, I would do that's my that's the kind of person I think I would you be do then I think I I'm like my sister in a bit like in a bit in that yeah. way in that it's very much like very focused on one thing for a very short period of time but can't sustain it Laura's yeah. like that my sister Laura Smith who yeah. is very, she, she attends a veteran. a veteran she's been good at her attendance been nearly... she's been she's been really been really honest it's with uh, we've implemented new things now so uh, each week I do a weekly check and then see there and then contact yeah them and she's actually really if Laura like huh, hope, hope you're listening Laura if she really focused she would actually be so good 
She's like naturally really fit, Laura. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Even though she says she's not, but she's she becoming, really yeah. is. Yeah, she's got she's got the Amazonian look. If about. Laura like went down a career path to do fitness, she literally could be like a weightlifter or something. I reckon. Okay. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know, or some sort of athlete. I wouldn't have thought wouldn't have weightlifter, but mm. yeah, an athlete. Yeah, I can see. We some can. sort of athlete. I don't know which yeah. one. She's mm. quite like you know. <laughs> Huh. Those abs. Um, yeah. <laughs> so should we move on to? Yeah. So you left in two thousand and eight. No, that was around two thousand eight. I left the army in two thousand two thousand thirteen. Yeah. And then you started Mercury in two thousand and sixteen. So, but so was that something that you had been thinking about for a while, or did it kind of you know because of the 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 teaching fitness in the military? I completely wanted to go away from fitness when I left the army. Right. Okay. Which is no, I know really, um, and I, it was, that was a little mistake. If I'm being honest. What were you wanting to do instead? So I left the army and I got in my head that I'm going to do close protection. Do what? Close protection. It's like bodyguard. Got bodyguard? Oh. Um, right. So I went and did my bodyguard course and you won't believe how much they work. The army pays you, they'll give you, if you've done a certain amount of time, they will give you a thing called enhanced learning credits, which is £2,000 towards a course plus a few other things. Okay. Yeah. But this course has to be accredited to By the... a certain level. So you can't right. just go... Because what a load of them were doing was going doing a scuba diving course in the South uh-huh. in South Africa, yeah, and using their money, yeah. and then and then they were going, "Cheers, easy! I've got time in South Africa paid by the army to go scuba diving." Yeah, so they kind of cottoned on. So it's a bit. more like a course that is actually appropriate. To yeah, kind yeah. Of and these companies now have to be all accredited to the the scheme. Right. So boring. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I went and looked at, and I went to a protection course and I went and did one in Hereford, um, and it was run by XSAS, um, and went and did that and then I got out and it was it's a shame because if you got out about three years earlier you walked into work mm-hmm. and so walked into it you just go and they, they, were, they were crying out and the money was astronomical Iraq they were throwing $600 it was like pay was $600 a day you know and you're on a rotation of six on or, two, or eight weeks on four mm-hmm. off you know the money big buck money mm-hmm. you know these blokes um so I did that course, got out, and oh, the first couple of months I was like, I'm not getting a bite here. It's quite tough. Right. It was really, because it wasn't infantry as well. Normally they recruit a lot from the infantry mm-hmm. for that. Um, but because of Afghan and Iraq, and blokes had been get, doing stuff, so in Iraq and Afghan, or especially Afghan, you were getting to, blokes were on the ground. I know you've mentioned that, you know, going out in the field being infantry, and Afghan and that changed all that. Mm. There was a thing called omnidirectional warfare, which meant, wherever you were you're in the war zone mm. there's no front lines anymore yeah, 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 because yeah. you're integrated a bit like Northern Ireland where yeah. was the front lines of Northern Ireland if you could it was all, rear, all round integrated sort of so yeah. blokes my, who like me were having doing infantry stuff mm-hmm. basically out on patrols mm-hmm. getting in contacts firing, which is firing your weapon uh, you know um, so it did mellow more to but it was still tough but luckily I did a job and I the bloke I worked with his brother was doing CP and he eventually got, I got into a job in Afghan it went tits up um, got out there three weeks into it they just told us we're half in your money I was like and it wasn't worth being out in Afghan for that no. it was worth it when the full wage but then yeah. when you got told your money's getting cut in half you're like bye no I'm not here for yeah, that and, no. but then that that was a mistake I should have and I, even though it wasn't worth it I should have grizzed it out until there's a saying it's better to look for work while in work hmm. so never leave a job yeah. to nothing and then look for work because yeah. it, it is tough it's if you've got a job and then you're looking for it and move across that's good that's yeah. smart yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, and it took me six months and we were being you know really in tough times being Cecily um, and then we got a job in Iraq did that for a couple of years and then 
I was waiting for a job. We were waiting. We were uh, our second child, Sophia, was due, and so Cecily was like, "Look, Jay, I don't want you doing CP anymore. Mm. I want you to be here." So I ended up getting a job in Moscow custody, and it wasn't until then, and I was really going, "Fuck, I need to do something. This is not why." You know, I was I was fighting people. The money was sh- so bad, and I want to say bad. It was eight pound fifty an hour to be in Musgrave custody, drive out and. Um, distant Republicans look at you because they didn't know who you were they just saw your car and think I was a police officer mm. so they see me driving out of the police station mm. I must be a police officer I wasn't mm. I wasn't, I wasn't mm. a police but your life is under threat I yeah. mean you're constantly getting told by the way be careful and you're going what it's all oh, that's about £8.50 and someone trying to fill me in it's not it's not fair so it's... I spoke to a lad Chris Flynn and he started a boot camp up and he'd done exactly the same as me close protection and he said yeah I started a boot camp in Norwich I'm doing this this and it's going fucking brilliantly yeah. and I was like and then I started going, well, I love, I love, I do love exercise and I would be good and maybe, and then I just put that seed in my head. Yeah. And then that seed just started growing yeah. and then I put things in place and then. It's, w- it's surprising that it didn't come to you sooner though, in a, a way, bit, because yeah. you're obviously very charismatic and very good at getting people, like you're a real like sort of motivator, I think, yeah. you know, there's those different like personality types mm. and I think like you, you are quite good at getting people to come and show up. So well, I w- yeah now maybe always <laughs> away, um, so yeah started Mercury, and, and so where did the name? Mer- I'm curious where did the name? I want to know about why Mercury. Why Mercury? Okay, um, the raw signals, the cat badge. So on the berries, they mm-hmm. have the cat badge. Mm-hmm. So for all, all yeah, parachute regiment, the big. I don't mm-hmm. ever seen that. The, the parachute wings and stuff like that. No, has you ever seen the? SS maybe one? yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The actually, SS one, it's like a white thing. No, don't no. Tell Okay, I don't anyway. know it. So every unit, <laughs> everybody has their tradition, they have their cat badge. Right. And the Royal Signals is Mercury, the messenger of the gods. Oh, right, Hermes. Her- well, no, Hermes is... Uh, the Greek version. Greek, this is Mercury the Roman is the Roman version. Roman. Uh, but it's a picture, you would have seen it before, it's a statue where it p- hand pointing up and it's got like a little wings. Mm, on his, his ears. Yeah, yeah, and the heels. Okay, so yeah, that's Mercury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got from there, because it was going to be a military style boot camp, I went, oh, Mercury, yeah. messenger of Mercury Fitness and I. So that's where it's got a good from. name. Uh, it's got a good ring yeah, it's to good, it. Yeah, no, it's got a bit. I sometimes look and went, should I name it something different? But nah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, that, that was the name, and um, and Chris Finn put the seed in my head, and then I approached. So I was doing the job, and I started the boot camp up while I was doing the mm-hmm. the um, custody officer. Yeah, learned your mistake. Didn't, yeah, well, uh, that, didn't, yeah, sort didn't of jump into it without. Well, you say that, and oh. I'm about to say you make my mistakes, <laughs> um, and then. I then he was doing trampoline fitness classes and I went I could do that so I approached We Are Vertigo oh yeah and said look I've got this idea trampoline fitness classes would you be interested and yep got a meeting in there had a meeting yep. with the owner I'm not going to mention his name Come right sorry um, bleep. Uh, beep beep uh, <laughs> and yeah I I basically give the idea of the trampoline fitness classes and yet they wanted to go with it and it was honestly the, once I got them and started so I was doing them but luckily my shift commander was a top girl was like yeah come and work late after that so I was so I was sometimes because of my shift pattern was like doing the fitness class then racing back to being Musgrave they would cover me and then come on shift and do the shift mm. and then but it, I wouldn't be able to do that forever so that's when I then it's not sustainable is when it, I then started life? the boot camp and started then I, I went I stepped up I, what I should have done was made it work with the job mm. if I'm honest I should stay that job if I had to winged it around what well, I should have done that because mm-hmm. I went away thinking I was going to get the money because I looked at the trampoline as a really good income and it could have been and then I learned again I didn't learn a mistake from before I did the same mistake and then Mercury for two years 
two and a half years was just going from one idea to the next idea and I was just it was a bit of a slow burner at the start wasn't it well yeah I thought it was going to be no I got a great reach it was like okay. posts there was posts I was talking like, organic posts I had like 400 people on page yeah. and did we did on a post that I got 40,000 reach I think you were probably at the, in the market at the right time as well like that was only just taking off or maybe not hadn't quite even took off but at that I point but I wish if I'd done it two years earlier and then had the right support network like how I do it now yeah done it then Word. I know because now be, it's it now it's so horrendous. saturated, isn't it? Oh, it, well, no, but, but you can say that with fitness, but it's like every job people say it's saturated. It's not. It, it, there's like everything. Everyone, the map people say, oh, there's no point opening that up because it's saturated. Mm. Coffee shops. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, don't, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't mean like that in the sense that that you can't. Oh, yeah. there's too many of them. You can. I'm just saying there is more competition now. Yeah. There, there are more than there was in the past. Like I literally went onto Instagram yesterday and got an ad for a outdoor boot camp and the ad style was the exact same as yours right, it's just okay. another random one and it was i know i was just like oh my goodness this who was it who was it who was it it was a woman oh i know a woman women a woman, a woman. Uh, ew but yeah so i did that a couple of years and then i was literally about to give up mm. I was, mitchell mercury was gonna I, I had every good idea i wanted to do retreat boot camps again i didn't have the uh right structure mm-hmm. my website wasn't even set up to probably but take the it. thing is is it's incredibly difficult for you to do that all yourself with just starting from just you on yeah. your own because there are so many things so many plates you've got to spin or you know but that's why i didn't understand i just thought it was if you have a great idea yeah yeah you could happen and then you can be incredibly lucky and, and yeah, people... sort out on and do it from you know just with you but with something like mercury a lot of organization a lot of networking a lot of yeah just you know you've got to run your social media you've got to run your website you've got to like you know out reach out to new people and do the classes at the same time it's like that is a lot to it was manage. yeah when i used to do so i used to do the classes were like my client base was 13 people in banger i mean um banger banger the only reason why i did banger was at the time i was doing trampoline fitness classes for airtastic right and they pulled the plug on the classes like with a week's notice and someone just said well why don't you just come and do a class in banger uh bangor and um i just went all right so i put it up and i had nine people turn up that's awesome yeah it was it was it was awesome and they were from the trampoline classes because they got to know got to know mercury through them and and then I found, even though both of us would have been made more sense, but I just thought Banger was really uh, where I was at. And then I started just keeping classes there. Mm. It was going good. And then I just didn't have a strategy. I like, yeah. did not have the strategy yeah. in place to go, right, let's get those members. This, And it wasn't until I then went with a mentorship and they were like, right, this is how you should be having structure. Mm-hmm. And that's when Mercury changed. Yeah, because you established... Changed. Well, they had all these Different, procedures, and they uh, yeah. So it was like having someone to help doing the stuff, but didn't not yeah. Because they went right, you do this, 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 and, not, and then because it was like a set of guidelines almost. Which, yeah, did you have it? I was my, Mercury was just a bit of paper thrown on the floor. Yeah, and then I was like, go right, that'd be good over there. It was like and, I'm trying to think of a good like metaphor. It was like all the ingredients were there, but you hadn't made the cake yet. Yeah, you know yeah what I mean, I it was like you hadn't you hadn't mixed them up, put it in the oven, and you know made yeah. it. It was kind of all a little bit lots of different yeah. elements and some ingredients that didn't go with that but yeah. I, tried to, I tried to shoehorn them in the cake oh, well you um, know yeah you got to got to try got to try but, uh, no, honestly I, I mean when I go back I nearly literally walked away yeah I was I, uh, literally mm-hmm. uh, Sester was going to me because I was going out every night I was doing classes with two people mm. um, Leanne and um, 
Ellen, uh, sorry, Aliana and another girl, and they loved it because they were getting two. But I was going out and go, how many people? And you're like, well, there's two people. In, yeah. Know, is this worth it? You're away from your kids every night, and you're trying to do. You're not working, and then I end up. Thank God, um, Craig uh, McCormick from Autocube, he'd come to an early morning boot camp. So I once set up, and then he. Uh, I he put a post out that he needed someone to do some car to drive some cars so I started doing that work uh, started helping out and then in the end I said look you, you need a job someone permanent to do this and he actually spoke to his dad and they gave me a permanent position mm. so I was working washing cars and <laughs> uh, taking their cars to MOT actually mm-hmm. do you know what I actually there's not one day I turned up that I didn't enjoy working there yeah. a job that it was so we talked about early on how easy it was to just do your tip job up, tip up and then go away and yeah, not have to think totally, about it totally um, there, are, there is something to be said about jobs like that where you can just turn up do the if it manual labour you know yeah. just do it and then you're done you and don't have to worry it. where the work's coming from I, I will always have a soft spot for hospitality jobs because of that but even though they are horrible and mm. grueling and you don't get much thanks for them there is something really nice about as soon as you leave that's it you don't have to think yeah. about it yeah. it is nice yeah, just uh, it, like we were talking before this, it, it's yeah to have that, not having to think about that, and it, you literally go home and switch off, mm-hmm. as opposed to on constantly thinking what's the next thing. I'm yeah, gonna do, what's exactly. Next thing I'm do, what's the next thing I'm gonna do? Um, so, so I was yeah, so I was doing that and then learning loads of things. I was used to wear head, uh, earphones and I was learning how to run my business mm. from this mentorship while I was washing cars. Clever. Um, and then I was good. There's a picture of me on eleven o'clock, one o'clock in the morning on my laptop fell asleep while I was putting all these things in place mm. for making how I was going to move Mercury on mm-hmm. to what it is now um, where I was working at night trying to get it to work during the day take the classes yeah. um, spin those plates and, yeah, and also develop it in the yeah, in the, um, yeah. to get it where it was yeah. wow and the journey has been long but are you I mean it's in a great place now the, I mean yeah the member, having the members what we have now is it's just such a strong community the guys, yeah, great. It's it's, but that's one thing that when I was working with these guys, that the the, the community and I, and I, I kicked myself that I never thought about that and that I never integrated that. You know, and it is a bit of work. Don't get me wrong. Um, and you're not pleased everyone. That's just life. Yeah. Um, course. but to get that to get the community was the key. Yeah. The key. Yeah. Um, because that's what makes people stay. And yeah, it does. And, and the camaraderie. Um, but. Did you did you expect when you started that that was going to be such a big element and the no. kind of the way that everyone holds each other accountable? That's what everyone says about Mercury. That's so great about it is you. It's not just you going to a gym on your own kind of agenda. Yeah. It's everyone else pushing you up. Did you was that something you anticipated or was no, that a really nice surprise? It was something that developed during I changed all this. If I'm being honest, it was not. It was not on my forefront. If I'm being honest, it was not on my forefront. Yeah, ironically now, it's probably one of its most important, strongest, strongest points, exactly. Yeah. Same with how great it is as a kind of a, as a resource for people's mental well-being, especially yeah. with lockdown. Having that support system, having that community, having that way of... I mean, obviously, during like the, the worst of the pandemic, people weren't allowed to exercise, but now, and kind of from when was it? About March, was it? It was started again. It was the end again. of March, we went yeah, to lockdown. So... Do you know what? That was my favourite, one of my favourite times of Mercury. It was one of the most scariest, because mm-hmm. I was like, what happens going to all my clients? What's going to happen? They're all just going to... And what... I, do you know what? I was at my happiest 
because uh, I was being Jay would have I don't know if you ever saw it was, your sister just literally joined mm. and I was doing stupid things with a Tiger King yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. the thinking of that I was buying out there was there was a weird there was a weird sort of kind of romantic romanticizing of that period when lockdown first started of like because we didn't know how long and brutal it was going to be of kind of like a camaraderie and a communal sense of i think some people have almost like a little bit of a nostalgic for that first lock for that first lockdown the second Second one one, horrendous horrendous. this year this lockdown from from sort of end of just after christmas till April was like the worst possible point in my life. <laughs> I think it's because everyone goes. They didn't want. It, they they weren't actually physically leaving the house or the garden. And we would sit in the garden in front of a garden, look at people waving. Yeah. Like, like this is my yeah. boundary castle. Yeah. But we can still caught. And yeah. obviously, it was romantic. And then we really kept engaged, even though we weren't with each other. And you you also like I think you talked about this with Ian Young about how you you know certain businesses didn't didn't that. use that as an excuse to actually really adapt and, and kind of springboard off. Yeah. You know, some businesses just thought, oh, we'll just go with the flow and just kind of keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, and not fitness, just general businesses in general. Yeah. Whereas a lot of businesses decided, no, okay, this is an opportunity to reinvent ourselves or to change our... Mm. And you obviously really, from day one, I, mean, I think you said, I think I remember you saying like, the lockdown Boris Johnson announced the lockdown and within a week or two you were like right online classes these days a week you know I mean, very well, I, I, pan- I panicked to be honest I panicked yeah. I was like what the, what are we going to do mm-hmm. what are we going to do and I was like right and then it was the acceptance of ho- more to do with people's acceptance right we're going to have to go to online classes and we're speaking to the guys and we went from it and it was it was great I mean the, the online classes lasted about five weeks after that the numbers just dropped because, yeah because people just have enough of it yeah it's, but I I, I I look at it and people go they carry on and they're just doing it online and I'm like I see the benefit but I still can't see it outweighs oh never personal. it will never yeah. but it it was good to have it yeah good to have it and when the second lockdown it, it, the weather helped um, it did because everyone's trained outside with the second lockdown in winter it was horrendous but actually we managed to make it longer last longer with numbers but it was awful it was it, awful it was just, <laughs> it was just awful I mean I wasn't was I'm not a member but so but I just that it was just a horrible time, it was a horrible time. I think it was because we all knew what was coming yeah. and couldn't but then I look at it and I had, a, I had a screen where I had 59 people on my class is this in the second lockdown yeah that's amazing 59 and I had to have I had to swipe across three to pages to see everyone amazing to see everyone you know so yes but it was horrendous and adapting and and, and like anything, it's in a great place, Mercury now. But there's always going to be things to adapt and change. I'm always looking at to tweak things up. Like we're about to launch. Uh, the all the members are about to get an email mm-hmm. from uh, the mental health aspect. So we're really going to work on that. Uh, it's going to be a mental health questionnaire for a mental health um, specialist with Mags, Mags Harrington. Yeah. We have one. So she's about to email them that, and then from that questionnaire, we're going to design what's best to help with the mental health of the members mm, okay that's great yeah so there's no fitness that really i've got a mental health practitioner to come in board and, and you know i think that would be because the, t- the two are so so linked like yeah. and and i mean i don't i don't know you might have a completely different opinion on this but i don't know if you've seen what the whole simone biles thing that's been happening yeah right, I've, I've, I've been in, is she, yeah so she dropped out yeah because she just her mental health was just because she's been Plummeting. forced to win, win, win. I think the course. pressure, and I yeah. think apparently with gymnasts, they can have this weird phenomenon happen where they will lose kind of their own spatial awareness as a right. result of high, like high stress, yeah. and it actually endangers them. So, 
keeping mental health closely linked to the fitness is so important. Also, people don't realise that mental health is, is the decision makings you do for eating. And yeah. so we're talking about, obviously, mental health and helping you feel just better in yourself. Yeah. Well, there's all the aspects of what you decide to eat is clearly mental health. Oh, my it's, God. It's not... So it's, much. It's not... Yes, it affects the body, but your decision to do that is 100% mental. Totally. Um, totally. Well, I don't say 95% because if you're hungry, that's your body's reaction telling you. But so everyone right now has got a nutritionist on board for fitness because mm-hmm. they go, well, what do you eat? Well, actually, maybe they're just they're starting off with the wrong thing mm-hmm. and going, well, actually, we've got the fitness, which we're going to get them in and we're fitness provider. Well, why don't we sort their head out? And then the nutrition can come because then once they're he- not once their head sorted because that's that's a wrong way to look at it because of you, you're going to sort someone's heads out. Yeah. But if you can help their decision making, yeah, making the nutrition integrate, yeah, will be a lot easier. It's really interesting you say that because I think there is I've noticed there is like a, a bit of a triangular triangular sort of link between you've been listening to me because i say the triangle well-being oh do you no, the, is that actually a thing oh yeah. my god i didn't I'm, even well i may i said this wait wait I are think. the three points health uh fitness mental health diet are they the three yeah, so oh my I god was, that was I, literally we I, was, great I, I said this in ian young's oh, on the last one i said I the triangle said the top you have mental health the bottom you have left is nutrition bottom right that is fitness. so funny i must have absorbed that absorbed subconsciously. subconsciously but i was as you were saying that i was thinking because from my own experience when I'm not in a very good place mentally, the first thing to go is my diet. Yeah. The first thing to slip. Mm-hmm. I am not a particularly active person as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just leaving the house, going for a walk, that slips. But the, the, the most notable thing for me when I'm not in a good place is I will just eat shit. Mm-hmm. Like, just t- awful. Like, shocking. Like, I'm a very, quite a naturally slim person. Yeah. You would not believe the things I eat and, oh, and the quant- and the quantities of food yeah. I eat when I'm not in a very good headspace. Like I, I will purposefully like not eat for hours because I'm not in a very good place and I don't want to move and I don't want to yeah. leave and I don't want to even get off my sofa and stop looking at my phone. Then get to the point where I am so hungry I can barely like I'm seeing stars. Legs like jelly. Legs like jelly. Hungry. And then yeah, I'll yeah. go. Str- to, I'll drive to the shop or maybe walk to the shop and buy. Sugar. A massive pizza, a bag of crisps, yeah. Doritos, a dip, a bag of chocolate, and ice why cream. Do you think when you go for that, when you go, when you're in that state and you go in the shop, why mm. are they the things you buy? Do you know why? Because they feel good in the moment. Because it's sugar. Yeah. Because that you go, that is what's going to make me have that boost yeah. in that instantly. Okay? And you never like you feel good a bit, but you yeah. never. You then the next, you just you just are like you're it's an like idiot. McDonald's when you go and have McDonald's, eat it, and then afterwards go. Oh, that was oh, worse. So I I have found that I have to make a real effort to practice healthy eating and cooking. And I, especially at uni, so I'm I'm out of uni a few years now, but when I was at uni, I wasn't always in the best place mentally. Like I was never in a terrible spot, but Mm. you know, obviously it's hard at times. And I I would go through the the period of, you know, the thing I was just talking about there about going to the shop. Um, And I lived above um, a shop. I lived above a Sainsbury's, so it's just super easy for me to go Drop down, down at eleven eight p.m. and just grab. So really, you had no excuse not to eat well when you have a no, fat, totally. But... but now I, as a sort of well-being or what is it called, mindfulness practice for me is to make dinner for myself with mm. fresh ingredients, and it's like mm. a and it's an effort, and I, I'm yeah. not a natural chef at all. Um, and also, I turned vegetarian, and I think in a way that has kind of boxed me in to eat vegetarians don't are by no means healthier they, they aren't you can still eat all the crap that yeah. a non-vegetarian would eat but in a way it sort of helped me 
reframe the way I approach food mm. and I have to, and I in a way have to make more effort with cooking and using fresh what ingredients. What is the key ingredient for all this? Your mental health. Exactly. You know, the, and this goes back to why reinventing and how to keep going. And it is a, a lot, but like the, like the members, it's not their problem um, because this is what I want to provide for mm -hmm. them. Um, so, mm -hmm. but you know, it's constantly, I am actually constantly thinking, how can I improve this to make this more streamlined, to make this yeah. better for them, to help them get results. Yeah. And ultimately because I want them to stay mm -hmm. again. So I do it, but I do it because I want them to be happier people. If I've got a hundred happy people, yeah, I'm going to have a successful mercury yeah okay if i've got yeah. 50 happy 50 unhappy it's not a good yeah. mix do you know what I mean? yeah so i will look at always implementing how to make this better don't always get it right yeah um but i think that's but, really good the kind of integrated approach you do with mercury and i think that what makes it that really is what makes it stand out from the crowd is it's not just a boot camp you turn up you leave and that's yeah. it there is the diet plans you know not diet plans sorry that's not yeah, the right yeah. word the nutritional stuff Aspects, yeah. there is the community aspect there is the competitive aspect with the app and the my zone yeah, yeah. there is the group aspect going out you know on the team, team building days. days like the morns was, was and just brilliant yeah, exactly yeah. and the survival weekend and what you're doing now with um what did you just talk about Max, the, the mental Max, health stuff yeah, like Max. that is very integrated there are so many different channels yeah whereas and, and that just makes it a much more well-rounded well package. It, where it beats a um, gym. Mm -hmm. Now, if a gym did this ethos, amazing. And there yeah. is there is one. Yeah, yeah, of um, course. You know, uh, I even get a shout out No Limits Fitness, Dan, in West yeah. Belfast. And yeah. Absolutely, he's exactly mm -hmm. the same, you know, and really, really is good. But generally, the gyms don't do that. No. They don't. They don't care. Uh, but but what I do like, and what I want the guys to listen, know is that I do listen. If, mm. For instance, I did a questionnaire and I'm looking at it, the my zone, for instance, I love it. I'm competitive. I'm a very competitive mm -hmm. person. I, I'm driven that way. Um, but I've looked at it and went, right, well, how can I give the guys a different aspect to this where we keep hold of the people's accountability and drive to, to train but also to make it a little bit more to, what I want to do with my zone the next bit is because you're saying about it's one of the aspects is people realise actually use it as a training tool not as a I need to get into yellow and get my points yeah because some people can get just fixated with points as opposed to how's your fitness improving yeah and some people and might not respond to that yeah and they might way. just think oh I'm getting demotivated mm. because I haven't got loads of points and that person did yeah 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 and yet I feel like I busted my pan out so like for next month I'm about to release it tonight I'm changing the leagues are going to be changed for what I'm calling this a wild card month hmm. and basically the way you used to do it is the zones only blue green yellow and red mm -hmm. counted and obviously yellow and red are four points yeah I'm taking them away so the next month, only green and blue, which is for me, is my heart rate between a hundred and like twenty five, one hundred twenty to one hundred and fifty. Is green for you? No, green. It was blue and green for you. Yeah. So my Mac. So me to go in yellow is one hundred and fifty five. Oh so me to be in red, my heart rate needs to be one hundred and seventy six. That is. Um. So you're scary. pushing yourself, but a lot of people all are pushing is to get in the yellow. Yeah. So what I want to do now is actually no, we're going to concentrate on those. So to win the league system, you're going to have to concentrate in the lower levels a little bit. Mm -hmm. And what this would do is actually bring people down to realise they can train. A perfect example is a I keep saying on social media of people going, I'm doing my running and it's great, and they post their five k run time, and then next time they run, they're looking to beat it. 
Do you get an Olympic 100-meter sprinter trying to beat his 100-meter time every time he trains? No. Definitely not. So why is people thinking that when they do running, they have to beat their time? Every time has to be the better. So they're pushing themselves maximum. My zone can potentially make people do that. Yeah. But what Myzo can do is improve your fitness if you use it correctly. I'll yeah. give you a example. I, know we're getting on. I did two 5K warm-ups two days in a row. Mm-hmm. And I trained different. Mm-hmm. I trained without looking at the MyZone time. Then the next day, I trained with MyZone. The second day, I put less effort in and was 36 seconds quicker mm. because I used it to train with correctly. Right. So I got in my zone and went, I'm going to hit my heart rate. I'm going to keep it that. Pace yourself. I get yeah. Whatever pace that gets my heart rate, then I'm going to go there. Yeah. And whereas the other way, I started off slower and then I had to move up to try and catch yeah. up in the timings and then I was blown out at the end. Yeah. But this way, I put less effort in and got a quicker run time mm-hmm. because I used it correctly. Yeah. So, But I only got this because I was listening through feedback. Mm-hmm. So the guys listening, I always listen and want to change. So so that's why I'm changing it. But also as wildcard, some people, because actually there's some people that train their, their hearts out, I see it and they don't, they don't they get demotivated because they're not in the red and mm. yellow when they shouldn't be demotivated mm. because they're training their hearts out and at the end of the day just going out there and doing what you can do Win. is the best thing yeah and you're winning because you're not on the couch like totally like i i know for a fact i am not ever going to be as i mean i'm i was sporty in the past but i'm never going to be the most active person but just me going out and doing what works for me is like mm. yes if people can go out and do that and you know, do what they're comfortable with, and you can be the kind of motivator. That's awesome. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be best time every time, quicker than no, the last time. No, this is where this is where this needs to get. We need to bring this back, and just being part of. I uh, put a post up about Laura Denny turning up with an injury. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and then a shout out to um, Amory Heron. You know, she's going through an absolute hell of a time, and I just say no. I just care about you. Turn. She turned to turn up to class. Yeah, she did a bit of class. But the fact that she's there, yeah. the community, that's so And you'll important. always feel better for it, I guarantee. Yeah, yeah like, going, oh, great, I went there. Yeah, um, 100%. But again, going back to that community, yeah. that, that's what yeah. is so good about Mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's coming back, when if the Mercury, if the awards have become Irish Fitness Awards, the award I want to win now, is not best boot camp, is there's actually a community award. Oh, yeah, that would be I awesome. I would love it for our community to go, right, this is the Mercury the Mercury. That would fan. be awesome. So that would be... Well, that would definitely it. be something to sing about as well. Yeah, just we've got the best community. Yeah, yeah. Even though we know it, but we're the like... you. You now you're in the cool gang now. Yeah, you're the cool kids. You're not at the bottom of the pecking order. Is that where we're at in the fitness industry? We're now the, the cool. <laughs> yeah, kids. you are the cool, the cool kids. kids. That's so it. I've elevated up from being absolutely one of the um, yeah dweebs. Dweeb. What dweeb. was it? Dweebs. <laughs> middle, middle, middle hot then, girls uh, and then <laughs> cool kid, cool lad, cool guys. you're currently at hot girl status but you're not quite cool kid yet well those that mini dress I have yeah um, but yeah so yeah that's... well I think we've learned a lot about you today yeah yeah a little and bit. I think people will find this very helpful learning about your how what makes you tick mm. and the mercury ethos I suppose and I certainly have been motivated to potentially join <laughs> I don't you need to I know but the thing is you talk about it, yeah, joining and yet you talk about all the positives I know and you're going well don't you want that I do don't you want I that do. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be, I do it'd be great and not only that you know you get a couple of discounts for your sister oh uh, well there we go yeah. well you're, I'm sold now yeah. no but um yeah but thank you for letting me interview you and you being in the hot seat how did you find it uh you could have been harder 
Uh, oh really? I was too nice. Yeah, I think you were too. No, it was great. That's what was good. Yeah, if Laura great. was here, you would have oh, been roasted. Word. So we could do this as say as part one, and then further <laughs> down the line, we can have the part two, which will be the maybe, re- the well, reckoning. <laughs> yeah, well, we can get questions, serious questions from the members. Not, uh, am I a ginger? Uh, How does it uh, feel to be uh, a fully out and proud ginger? Ginger. Yeah, I've got all their powers, knowing the weaknesses. That's uh, it. I can tan. Look. Tan. You actually, yeah, that is impressive. I just don't it. have it in my nature to be horrible. I'm just a nice. It does be horrible. It does be horrible because I would say in the when I'm in there, I'm not horrible when I no, do it. No, no. You do go right. Okay, well, what's this? I mean, look at Ali's one. That was yeah, you know, exactly. Like, but that was exactly. you know, it was amazing yeah. to hear. You know, um, some of them as well. Who was as well? We've had some powerful ones. Suzanne's when she yeah. talked about mental health yeah. in the, uh, from around yeah. you. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to be hard, but it's you know. But I think hopefully the guys get a bit from this um, and they don't expect it um, and then yeah we can have another one um, and we'll get a veteran in we should have um, a funny one at some point being like I don't know just like stupid questions to ask Jay or like you know like a smaller shorter kind of like bite sized stupid 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 one like I don't know but um who but do no? you fancy more out of such and such and such yeah such. exactly who's your yeah. favourite member who uh, uh, yeah members who would you date who would you sleep with and who would you kill <laughs> but, you know things like that and they give you like a preference yeah 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 let's do that but, yeah okay, but for cool. now I think that is us I think we've yeah. gone on quite a lot I'm pretty sure this is longer than Ian Young's I think it's up there wow well yeah. if you guys are still listening congrats <laughs> yeah. you get a prize Jay will give it to you directly just write him just send him a, a message with the word hot girl in it so he knows that you've listened to the entire thing and yeah. he will give you 50 burpees money 50 burpees okay great um but yeah that is it and uh yeah see you guys next week say goodbye bye guys